Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, you guys have been leading us so well now for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, uh, usually at some point, uh, I will turn to Vicky and say, wow, those two can really sing. Uh, mm. And I do it most weeks, like I forget in the seven days since last week. So anyway, we, we appreciate you leading us in worship. Um, tonight with us, uh, we've got uh, Phil Moore. Um, like I said earlier on, um, uh, Phil, I've kind of known through having read some of his books. Um, so actually, if you, um, I did a sermon series on James uh, in Fallowfield maybe last year, uh, and, uh, and a lot of it was stolen from Phil, I'm not going to lie. Phil and da- a guy called David Devonish. Um, but if you can't steal a good idea, then, well, I'm in big trouble, that's for sure. So, um, but Phil leads a church called Everyday Church in London. Uh, like Christchurch Manchester is a multi-site church. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've bumped into each other at a multi-site event or two. Um, but, Phil, it's great to have you with us this evening. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, I'm going to hand over to you. Great. Good to be with you. Thanks, Tim. Good to be with everyone tonight. Um, uh, I don't know what you think God's doing at the moment through this whole crisis and lockdown. I think there's just something natural about us as human beings. We want to feel like there's some purpose to it rather than just random. And I, I really think there is. I really think that in this season, God's doing two really big things in our lives as individuals and probably across the church in the UK. Um, and uh, they're to do with the verses that Beth just read to us. If you've got a Bible, you'll, it'll really help you if you've got uh, Romans 8 open in front of you. Um, I think the first thing God's doing in this season is he's really highlighting the whole area of prayer. Um, the truth is, we live pretty busy lives normally. Um, one of my uh, fellow pastors here at Everyday Church said to me the other day, it's almost like all those Sabbaths we never took God's given us them all back to back for 11 weeks. And I think there's an element of that. It's like we've been so busy, even, even in churches, even as Christians, we've been so busy that God's given us some time out. Now, I appreciate not all of us. My wife's a doctor. So whenever I say this has been a peaceful season, she hits me. So I get it's not everyone's experience. But um, for many of us, this has been a pause. And even for my wife, Ruth, who's working as a doctor, our social life's taken a hit. We have more time than ever to kind of actually come before God and pray. I think that's part of what God's doing. I think also to do with prayer is we're used to surrounding ourselves with friends. It's quite an isolated time, isn't it? You know, you can't connect with your friends. Even this, I love it, but it's not the same as being in the room with everyone. And Uh, I think part of what God's doing is, as we get isolated from one another, God's inviting us to look up. I'm I'm isolated with six people. I've got my wife, four kids, and our lodger. So I'm actually in a fairly big group in this house, isolated together. But seven people still isn't that many. And uh, I just find myself wanting to look up and connect beyond my little household. So I think the first thing God's doing is encouraging us to pray. And I think the second thing God's doing, if I'm perfectly honest with you, is showing us how much help we need to pray. 
because for years I've said things, you might have said the same things. I've said, if only I had more time, I would pray more. Well, the truth is I have more time, but I've discovered that having time wasn't always the problem when it came to praying. I've often said things like, if only I were more in charge of my diary, I would pray more. But the truth is I've never been more in charge of my diary than I am right now. And actually there's, we just find prayer difficult which is why I love the words which Beth read to us from Romans 8.26. It says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. It's like God knows that we're not brilliant at praying. I'm encouraged. I've been reading all sorts of books on prayer during this season, and you know, people like Mike Betts and his book on prayer. I'm just really encouraged. Most of the people that I admire as people who pray will be quite honest that they're not naturally, they don't naturally find it easy to pray. I don't either. Um, But it's amazing when you realize that God doesn't moan at you for not praying enough. He comes alongside you to help you to pray. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Sometimes we talk about prayer and we say, well, I'm not very good at praying. It's like, no, no kidding. That's why God sent his Holy Spirit to help us in our weakness. One of the names of the Holy Spirit in Zechariah 12 verse 10 is the spirit of grace and of earnest prayers. Grace, because we need help, and earnest prayers, because I don't know about you, but often my prayers are anything but earnest. I try hard, but sometimes my prayers seem flat and a bit, a bit lifeless. Well, the Holy Spirit, who we read in John 6, verse 63, is the giver of life, comes alongside us and breathes life into our prayers, which is why I'm quite excited and why when Tim said, would you come and speak to Christchurch, I thought this is what I want to talk to you about, because what I've been learning in lockdown, I really believe it's what God wants to teach all of us. God is wanting to help us to pray, even or perhaps even especially those of us who find praying a little bit difficult. One of the things we've all learned in lockdown is that there's a limit to our voices. We can't actually connect with most of our friends on our own. Uh, When Even during lockdown, when I've opened the back door and I've called to the kids on the trampoline in the garden, I've said, it's dinner time, they haven't heard me, or at least they tell me they haven't heard me. They may just be enjoying themselves on the trampoline. But I've discovered I can't even communicate with the people in my own household. I need help, let alone my loved ones who live in Canada and India and Zimbabwe and uh, other parts of Europe. How on earth am I going to connect with them? I can't, except I got one of these. And you probably got one of these as well. This is how we're all learning to connect with one another in the midst of lockdown. Aren't you glad you got one of these? Well, here's the good news. Paul basically describes the Holy Spirit as our handset, or he uses the word helper rather than handset, but he basically says, you struggle to to speak to God, and it's okay, because the Holy Spirit comes alongside you to help you in your weakness. I've been just really enjoying the fact that even though I'm not particularly good at praying, the Holy Spirit is given to help people just like me and just like you. In, in these verses, it says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now, you, you probably know the New Testament was written in Greek, but what you might not have known is that the Greek word that is translated helps 
in verse 26 is only used twice in the whole of the Bible. It's only used twice, once here and once in Luke 10 verse 40. It's that famous dinner party that Jesus went to at the house of Martha in Bethany. And it says Jesus wanted to eat. And so it's a, it basically uses the words to talk about Martha helping Jesus to have his dinner. What did she do? Well, she laid at the table. She put, I don't know if they had a knife and fork, but she did the equivalent of putting out a knife and fork. She cooked the food. She put it on a plate. She made it really easy for Jesus to eat. He obviously had to do the eating himself in the same way that you and I have to actually pray. We can't say, God, pray for me. But Martha basically did everything to make it dead easy for Jesus to eat. And the Apostle Paul says, the Holy Spirit comes and makes it as easy as possible for us to pray. I've tried to pray without the help of the Holy Spirit, and I've failed. But Paul says the Holy Spirit comes and helps us to groan with, inex with wordless groans. Sometimes people read that verse and they say, oh, it's, it's obviously talking about speaking in tongues. And I don't want to rubbish that because I do speak in tongues when I pray and I find it very, very helpful. So I definitely recommend it. But it can't really be talking about speaking in tongues because speaking in tongues isn't groaning. That would be a really bad description of the gift of tongues. What it's saying is that the Holy Spirit, when he comes and lives inside us, makes us groan with what makes God groan. He makes us think what God thinks. He gives us the mind of Christ. He makes us feel what God feels. He makes us want what God wants. And suddenly you find yourself oh, a bit lethargic in the place of prayer. And the Holy Spirit suddenly stirs you to pray in a way that you couldn't actually pray yourself. Now, I, I, I'm often struggling to pray, and my first prayer should be, and often is, God, I'm struggling to pray. My first prayer is, would you help me to pray? And when you ask that, the Holy Spirit comes and helps you. I find myself getting excited about things that, to be honest, I'm not that excited about, but the Holy Spirit imparts to me God's excitement for those things. I find myself suddenly getting passionate about nations or people or situations that I wasn't really that passionate about. But God's giving me the emotions and the thinking of God through his Holy Spirit. It's what the Holy Spirit does when he comes and helps us to pray. You, I mean, you must have been affected by what happened to George Floyd last week and by the Black Lives Matter movement and all these demonstrations that are going on. I mean, the Holy Spirit ought to be stirring you to groan for justice. He ought to be stirring you to recognize racism in your nation. To be honest, he ought to be stirring you even to note some areas of racism still left in your own heart, or even if it's not racism, some ways in which you mistreat people in your own heart and you start groaning. You start saying, God, I, I want to be different. I want the world to be different. That's really good. That's the Holy Spirit in you, helping you to groan with what makes God groan. Some of the time, when you're trying to connect with your friends during lockdown, the problem's with you. You, 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 haven't, you can't find your phone or you haven't got their number. But have you noticed quite a lot of the time, you've got your phone, you've got their number, you're video calling them, there's nothing wrong with your signal. 
and yet suddenly the video disappears and they, they're lost. Either they're, they're at home and they've got bad Wi-Fi or they're out and about and they lose their signal. That's why the second word which excites me in these verses is it's a Greek word, entuchano, which means uh, to intercede. And again, it's a Greek word that's only used six times in the whole of the Bible and three of them are in these verses. Twice, it says the Holy Spirit helps us to intercede. Uh, to intercede means to act as a go-between between us and God. It says the Holy Spirit acts as our go-between. And then in verse 34, it uses it again. It says, Jesus Christ, who died for us, more than that, who was raised to life for us, is right now at the right hand of God, interceding for us. We've got the Holy Spirit with us, acting as the go-between between us and God, helping us to know what we should pray. And you've got Jesus, the Son of God, in heaven right now, next to God the Father, interceding for you, acting as the go-between. When I pray, I have, I'm interacting with the Trinity. God is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is not in heaven. He's on earth with me, stirring me to groan with the things that God wants me to groan for. And Jesus, the Son of God, is not on earth. He's in heaven, basically saying to God the Father, I know that Phil's prayers are a bit rubbish, but I died for him and I rose again for him. I know that he should be a bit more eloquent than this, but I rose again for him and I ascended to heaven for him. And right now I'm asking you, may his prayers get through. I want to encourage you in this because I think half the battle with praying is actually around this kind of feeling like, are my prayers even getting through? You know, um, it says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, it's impossible to please God without faith because anyone who believes in him must believe he exists and believe that he rewards those who seek him. Half the battle in prayer is believing that your prayers are getting through. And that's why when Paul talks about the Holy Spirit at one end of the line with us and Jesus at the other end of the line, making sure that our prayers get through, he gets really excited. He starts saying things like verse 35. Who's going to separate us from God now? No one. Uh, who's who's going to separate us from God? I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, neither any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will ever be able to separate us from God and the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. When When I pray, I find the devil often tries to make me think my prayers are not getting anywhere and I can give up if I'm not careful. These verses were given to us to encourage us. God has built the infrastructure in the same way that I could phone my brother-in-law tonight in Toronto and using this and his one of this, I could get through to him. We could have a great video chat in the same way the Holy Spirit and Jesus the Son at both ends of the line make sure that you and I get through to God amazing i really want to encourage you to not waste the last few weeks of lockdown we know it's going to end at some point soon i don't want you to get to the other end and say those were the weeks when i really could have grown in my prayer life but i got distracted i just got disney plus there was some great new stuff on netflix i was so busy on zoom that i missed this moment where god was saying come aside with me spend some time with me so i just use um the last five minutes of this message just to give you a few of the helps that, that, um, that would help me. Maybe they'll help you as well. First thing, um, one of the big helps that God's given us is a watch and a door. You'll see behind me, I've 
shut my door. Um, that's what I do when I come into this room to pray. Because in Matthew 6, verse 6, Jesus says, um, uh, whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door. He says, when and shut the door. In other words, have a when. I've got four kids. So if I'm going to find a time when I can really be on my own with God, it's either going to be before they wake up or it's going to be after they go to bed. So this watch is a fantastic help to me because it either gets me up early before my kids so that I can spend time with God on my own before they get up, or I can set my alarm so that, you know, I, I never finish everything I've got to do in a day, nor do you probably. There's always something to do. But there comes a moment where my watch just reminds me, do you know what? Enough's enough for a day. Just end the day spending time with God. There's a when, when you pray. And there's a shut the door. I mean, I'm lucky we've got a spare bedroom where I am right now. So I've got a part of the house where I can hide myself away. But my wife, Ruth, she doesn't have that privilege because I, I nicked it first. Um, uh, but she gets up before our kids each day and just sits in a particular chair in our downstairs room. And our kids know if it's before breakfast and mum's in that chair, don't disturb her. That's her time with God. I want to encourage you, like first help, is just have a when and have a place. Have a time and a place to pray. Here's the second thing that helps. Having a Bible and having a notebook. So if I pray, I get quite selfish. Because if you ask me what I'm passionate about, well, I'm passionate about the things that affect me, probably same as you are. But when I read the Bible, God begins to set my agenda. And so I read before I pray. And when I'm, uh, when I'm, see, I've got it the wrong way up. It would help if I had it the right way up. When I open up my journal, I'm, uh, I'm trying to write down in here, what do I think God's saying? What's God saying in the passages I'm reading so that I can pray in line with God's agenda rather than my own agenda? I usually try and structure my thoughts. I have what I call a prayer pathway because I find like if, if, if I said to Tim when I arrived, he said, what are you preaching on? And I said, well, I don't really know. I haven't prepared anything. He'd say, well, why didn't you pre prepare something? I, I really wanted you to speak to the church. Um, and in the same way, praying requires a little bit of preparation. So I will not just scribble down what I think God's saying in the passages I'm reading. I will probably um, just structure my prayer. And I'll say, well, I want to pray about that first and then that first. So if I were praying through these verses that, that we're looking at tonight, I would start in verse 26. I'd say, God, I'm weak. Please would your Holy Spirit to help me to pray. Verse 28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. But that's quite hard to believe, to be honest, in the middle of COVID-19. Uh, two of my friends got made redundant last week. It's hard to believe that God uses all of that for good. But I would then spend some time praying into that and saying, well, God, your word says it. So I trust you and I want to pray for my two friends who were made redundant last week. Then it says, those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Well, I've got a whole list of things that are much more like me than they are God's son. So this would be on my prayer list. I'd be like, right, well, I'm going to spend some time praying that God will make me more and more like Jesus. Believe me, that'll give me plenty of, pl plenty of scope to pray for a long time on that. What shall we say? Is God... If, in response to this, if God's for us, who can be against us? If God didn't spare his only son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him give us all good things? Well, all good things is a pretty broad prayer topic. 
So this would like inspire me now to spend time just bringing before God one thing after another where I'm saying, God, do this. I want this good thing. Please, would you do this for me? And then the passage just ends with what I read to you. I'm convinced even the devil can't stop my prayers getting through. And so I might end by praying, well, yours is the kingdom. I just want to worship you that you're so good to me. God's given us these helps, hasn't he? Just two last helps and then I'll end. You'll see behind me there's a massive map of the world. That's partly a help. I, I, I like visual aids because I get distracted quite easily. I, I stand in front of that map and I pray for the nations of the world. You see here, I live in London. This is a map of London and the different boroughs of London. So this represents all of the different sites of everyday church. Some of these, some of these boroughs, we've got a site, so I'm praying for them by name. Uh, others, we're not there yet. So I'm praying, God, help us to reach the whole of the city. I've got a list of... Uh, all the small group leaders in the church, which I will pray for through. And I will say, God, I want to pray for each of these small group leaders by name. I've got a list of my non-believing friends. I'm meeting with some of them after this call via Zoom. And I'm praying, God, I don't just want to chat with them on a Sunday night. I want to share Jesus with them tonight. These visual aids that help us. And then my last thing. I don't know about you. We're all kind of meeting up with people for digital calls or whatever. I've got a whole group of people that I'm meeting with every day to pray. The reason I'm doing that is I find it easy to get distracted. But when I'm with these guys on Zoom and we say, let's pray together for half an hour, I don't get distracted because we help one another. I run out of steam. But when I'm with these guys, they stop me running out of steam and maybe I help them a little bit as well. Sometimes I don't know what to pray for, but it's all right because one of these guys, we take it in turns, we'll lead one another and we'll have prepared something. And before I know it, I've been praying for half an hour, not just because of the Spirit of God in me, but because of the spirit of God in them too. I just, that's it. I just want to encourage you. This season is not without meaning. This season is full of purpose. And one of the big purposes God's got in this season is he wants to teach us to pray. He knows we're not very good at it. That's why he's given us his Holy Spirit. He knows that we doubt that our prayers are getting through. That's why Jesus has ascended to heaven to make sure they will. And he knows that we struggle which is why he's given us so many other helps as well, partnering with his Holy Spirit and praying together. And so my prayer for you, however many weeks of lockdown we've got left, that you will not lose the opportunity of these last few weeks. God's taken us aside into a desert place. And he's saying, use this time to grow in the grace of prayer through my Holy Spirit. May God bless you as you do so. I think we're going to sing another song now and then we're going to have a chance to pray together as Tim leads us. So I'll hand back to Tim and uh, I'm really looking forward to praying together. Thank you, Phil. Thank you very much. Um, yes, we're, we're going to sing again now. We're going to worship Rosie and Beth are going to lead us. Um, Rosie and Beth, I'll hand over to you.